I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. Nottingham Forest drew 1 1 with Brentford on Sunday afternoon as Moussa Niakase was sent off before Nico Dominguez earned a point for Forest. We'll discuss the goal, the red card, Murillo, Morgan Gibbs White, and much more in the company of, first of all, former Reds midfielder who was at the game yesterday, Guy Moussi. Good morning, Guy. How are you? I'm very good, and you? Uh, good, yeah. Good to have yeah. you with us. Good to have you with us. I need to change my lighting. It's a bit dark. I might do that midstream. Uh, yeah, not not the best. Uh, also with us today is Greg Mitchell. Greg, I did say, are you fresh from the shower or fresh from a ditch? You've got a bit of a wet look going on. How are you this morning? Good. Wide awake. Lost the voice a little bit, but we'll get through it, I'm sure. Good. We will. We will, I'm sure. And also with us is Reds fan Emily Anderson. Emily, good morning. You well? Yeah, I'm fresh as a daisy this morning. I was home by six. Good. <laughs> I had to watch on TV. Not this uh, morning, yes. by the way, six o'clock last night. Uh, <laughs> I actually um, didn't realise I was a minute behind, and I uh, all I saw was you in the WhatsApp group, Emily put FFS when they scored, and I wondered what was going on. And then I realised I paused, paused it, and missed the goal. But uh, we'll discuss that and lots more stuff, as I say. Um, actually, Emily, why don't you kick us off? Um, how did you feel coming away from the ground? A, a point in the bag, or even an opportunity missed? What was it for you? Yeah, all of the above, really. Um, on paper, we were hoping to beat Brentford at home and we probably should have done because as the game panned out in the first half, we were playing football. We were getting those passes in, really good performances, but we weren't quite finding uh, that sort of final ball to get that goal. Obviously, Awani had a goal disallowed of offside, which it was. I had to look back at that. Um, but as the first half drew to a close, it felt like we were we would slowly sort of, we were getting worse and Brentford were getting better and I have to say having watched back the instances like near Carte's both yellows the penalty shouts I really do think we got away with with one and I'm happy with the point and with 30 minutes of injury time you know 10 men a goal down it just showed the resilience so I'm really really proud of the team for showing that resilience to be able to see out a draw after going down to 10 men in the 58th minute a goal down as well um I was disappointed as I left but you know what on reflection looking at the highlights looking at all those incidents I'm happy and I was really pleased to see Sangare have a really good game Dominguez we don't need to say anything about him really do we because he had a fantastic game and obviously scored the equaliser and also Toffolo was my big surprise of the day he came on didn't he when Neocarte got sent off and in hindsight I, I, I was thinking maybe we should have started with him you know because as Steve Cooper said in his post-match interview he's the best crosser of the ball that we've probably got and he put a shift in he put in a great shift so it was really good to see him doing well because I guess he, he potentially will start at Crystal Palace if Ain is still injured and obviously Nocarte will be banned, won't he? Mm, true. Yes, uh, Olerine was injured and as was Ryan, Ryan Yates, we're told. Uh, hamstring for Yates, muscle injury for Ain, so that's why they weren't involved. From a player's point of view, Guy, if you lose 
uh, a teammate quite early in the second half and they score from the free kick for a double blow. Are you always happy in those circumstances to get a point out of the game? Yeah, I think so. You know, for example, as I said, I think that the first half wasn't that the best one. And to, uh, we have to recognize also that Bradford is a really good team. If you look at in the past years that, they, that on what they've been doing in the Premier League. And uh, before the game, I was thinking, OK, that's a game that we should win because of the position of Bradford and not that high in the table. So they struggled a little bit this season. But then the way they play, you can see the composure. You can see where they're coming from. And um, I think we didn't have the best first half, even though I think at some stage we have the control of the game. But as you say, Emily, we didn't really know how the final ball is going to come. And um, after the the yellow, the red card, I was like, oh, it's going to be tough. But they show great resilience. And at some stage, I feel even more comfortable when we were 10 against 11 in the way that they were more composed and more confident to hold the ball. And uh, yes, those two substitutions make the big, the big difference. With what Guy says there, Greg, about composure at 10 v 11, we saw out 13 minutes of stoppage time. And it's probably different watching it home from the ground. But I felt quite comfortable watching it at home that we would see it out. Is that a sign of progress for you overall? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think as well, Brentford let us have the ball. You could see they were letting us get high up the pitch so they could catch us on the break. But I just think... Um, yeah, 13 minutes. Nobody expected that. We said six or seven minutes. Um, and I just think that we, we did a good job. We did a good job when, I mean, going down to 10 men and then the goal straight away, you thought, oh, no, here we go. But we're a different football team now. It's a different mentality. I think a lot of us in the stands have still got that nervous, oh, God, here we go, it's Forest again. And I think we're slowly learning. It's not like that anymore. And um, I think they did an excellent job at the end, a really good job. Uh, Toffolo may not have featured if it wasn't for the red card and he's took his chance. You know, this next man up man mentality, he does deserve his spot now after that and you'd hope to see him uh, next Saturday night. Looking at the red cards, I mean, I, don't, I, I wouldn't have any complaints personally, having seen, seen it live and seen the replay of the second one. I thought it was fair that Niakate got sent off. The manager didn't like it. He complained about the second one. What's your take on it, on it, Guy? What was it right to send the Akate off or not? I think the second one is a yellow card. You know, even though I don't think that it was intentional, so I didn't, he didn't mean to do that. But you know, when you think about the health of the player, you know, it could be like uh, a little bit dangerous. So I don't think that is right a straight white card. But yes, I think a yellow card is not. Uh, yeah, it's, it's fair, you know. Have you had a chance to see it back, Greg? I'll ask Emily in a minute. You said on WhatsApp last night. You agreed with Cooper. Now you've had a chance to watch it back. Do you still agree with him or not? There was certainly no malice in it. I don't think. Um, I don't think there's a discussion. It's certainly not a straight red. There was there was no malice there. You know, he kind of goes over it, yeah, and he, he catches his leg. But yeah, I suppose it probably was a, a yellow card. So maybe. I suppose, Emily, if it's at the other end on a Forest player, we'd be sat here saying that's a red card. Would, would you go along with that? Yeah, and I think a bit like Greg, it's very easy, isn't it, when you're in the stands and you've got everyone around you shouting at the ref, going, oh, that's never a yellow. And I was too far away to see it, watched it back this morning. I have to say, I think both were yellows for me. And the second one, although it wasn't intentional, it was a potentially really dangerous tackle, which could have injured the player. Um, so as, as much as it hurts to say, it, it was a red card. 
And it was a bit stupid from Nia Carter. When you're already on a yellow card, you don't go in like that. Because it wasn't like it was it was unintentional from him. He kind of knew what he was doing. So, yeah, uh, yeah, stupid, stupid. But it gave Toff the chance to shine, and he did. So that's that's the bonus from it, I guess. I mean, would there be any blame? Maybe not straight afterwards, Guy, but having reviewed the video in the week, will the manager have a word with Nia Cassie, do you think, or will he know he's done wrong? I think he knows he's done wrong. But uh, as I said, I don't think it was intentional. And when you look back at the situation, he tried to chase back a player. He at some stage grabbed the ball. And then it was like, a, uh, you know, um, like something a little bit crazy and tried to grab it again. But he lost the battle. But uh, yeah, I think uh, as a manager, you will go to him and say, yes, you have to be careful. And I, if I was the manager, it wasn't. I wasn't. I was not. Uh, I wouldn't be upset about the second yellow, but most likely about the first yellow. In the mm -hmm. first half, maybe you would have. You shouldn't have get this first yellow that put you to have the second yellow. So even myself, when I would look at those two falls, I was like, be a little bit more, you know, calm and don't get the first yellow, especially in the first half because we play at home and. He's, he's, he's got the type of players, he's really aggressive. So you have to be careful and be aggressive without getting any yellow card. But yes, I would say he would have had a word with him. But if I was the manager, it was most likely, I would be upset most likely with the first yellow instead of the the second one. And then double pain from the free kick. Greg, they put it in. Uh, I mean, fingers were pointed at Matt Turner, I think, there, aren't they? He should be saving that, shouldn't he? Yeah, he came out and owned it though, didn't he? He mm. came out after the game in his interview and he said that was on him and, uh, you know, doesn't change it. He, he learns from it, but at least he recognised it and he was uh, big enough to come out and own it. I originally thought Murillo didn't have his man, but mm. when you look at it, just three of them just seemed to leave leave the line behind and it was a real soft, soft goal after such like a short time of being down to 10 men. So, yeah, like I say, uh, it was... It was very, very good play of us to get back into that game because at that point it wasn't looking very promising. I suppose we should talk about Turner because there's always this shadow hanging over him in Emily in terms of Lakodimos. I've always felt like he's one bad game away from getting dropped. Would this be the game and would it be harsh to leave him out now? I, yeah, he had a, it, it, it was arguably his worst game for Forrest, wasn't it? And I think it was before we conceded the goal, that howler he made, where luckily Bolly cleared the, the the ball off the line to stop us from going 1-0 down then. And I didn't feel confident with him after that, but I don't think he felt confident in himself either. You could see something, was, something wasn't quite right from yesterday after that mistake. But as Greg said... He owned up to his mistakes and we're all allowed a bad day at the office. We know he's a great shot stopper. And actually, considering he was originally brought in to be our backup keeper, he's doing all right. And I'm not one to pile on a player after they've had one bad game. I think for his own mental health, for his own confidence, I think leaving him out would be a bad choice by Cooper. And I can't see Cooper doing it for the Crystal Palace game. But maybe it's now time to start possibly looking at Lakodomos for some of the games. But... Yeah, he, he didn't have a great game, but he did pull off a fantastic save at the end of the first half, which kept us in the game then. Um, and yeah, his defenders did their job. So yeah, I wouldn't leave him out for Crystal Palace. I'd keep him in. Where do you stand on that, Guy? Because uh, he did finish the game quite well. He recovered, you know, he took a cross in stoppage time. He, looked at, he had a better last 10 minutes and he's had a really good start overall. This was the only bad game I think he's had. 
but there is Vlacodimos, who's a big money signing and probably expecting to play in the background. What do you? What would you like to see for the next game? Would Turner still be in goal for you or not? Yeah, for me, uh, you know, you have to give him a chance because, you know, as you said, when you like 10 against 11, it's a whole team that fight to get back to this point. So he's part of it. So you have to, you know, he needed to get focused in the same time. So you have to give the credit for the one that fight and get back this point. And to come back also to uh, to this mistake, I think for me, even though there is a personal mistake that we can say on the keeper, but as an ex-player, I can tell you also it's a, it's a lack of focus for the whole team. You know, because of this situation, you get a red card, you, you have the your head a little bit down and you're like, oh, what's going to happen? And you don't think. Because when you look at the way they played, they play a very quick free kick. And it's almost like it feel for me when I was on the ground that, okay, now we get the red card. Okay, now we have to refocus. How are we going to change the team? Who's going to come in instead of, of Nyakate? How do we going to uh, readjust the strategy? And before we think all of this, we forget to think about we have to have a proper lineup to be able to defend this free kick. And I, I think that we were a little bit sloppy and uh, they played this free kick. And obviously it has a mistake from the goalkeeper, but the whole team wasn't focused. And that's why I'm, I feel that it's almost a win, I would say, with, if it's, even if it's not. But because they came back from that and I can see the strength of the team that, okay, now we need to, we, we make few mistakes and we have to get back to, to, to the winning mentality and they got one point and then and then in the end it's a it's a good point so to come back to the keeper i think for cooper it would be nice to give him a second chance for him to you know to readjust and uh, i think that would be fair uh there are 375 people watching live so do us a favor and subscribe if you can give us a good review uh, lots of itunes reviews this week after aston we got like five or six uh, five-star reviews. I read them, very much appreciated. The other thing I was going to ask you about, Guy, around Turner, uh, Thomas Frank was really adamant afterwards that it should have been a penalty for the challenge on Visser when Bully cleared it off the line. It, it does look a bit dodgy when you see the replay, to say the least. I don't know if you've seen the replay, but what would you say about it? I haven't it seen happened? the replay, to be fair. Did it look bad in the ground, do you think? Or was it just one of those instances where the keeper Maybe goes in? On the ground. Did you see it, Greg? Yeah, it didn't look bad in the ground. It was funny walking into the nav after the game. It was just as they were showing like the super slow mo replay of it on the big screen. And there's this forest lad next to me, and I says, Oh, never a penalty, laughing. And he just looked at me and went, You're an effing idiot. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, thought, I thought, Yeah, uh, it could have been. Well, I think we were very lucky, but VAR did check it. So I don't mm. know whether VAR is saying that. You know, he's already kicked the ball. The ball's already like in motion, going elsewhere. So, I, I don't know. I'd love to. I'd love to hear an explanation after each decision's made, mm, especially yeah. like there should be. I don't know. There should be a dossier of what happened at this, 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 and yeah. I, I just think maybe it was because the ball had already gone. But yeah, I'd certainly be crying for it if it was against us. We'll have a little bar chat in a sec. Yeah, I thought it was a penalty. If it was at the other end, something I, I would want a penalty. What about you, Emily? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, at the time, because I don't think we knew there was a VAR check for that, did we, at the time in the ground? Because um, mm. that was when we had that howler. But yeah, watching it back, I was like, oh, geez, yeah, that could be easily. And I, I also think that the the handball instances from the other end, we were very lucky then and we'd be crying out for it if it was at the other end. I think VAR did us a few favours yesterday. Yeah, the, the Dominguez one looks bad if he's touched it. I think a certain Just individual VAR... Was, it was in a natural position, whereas Bollies was more, it, it kind of, the ball hit him rather than him trying to hit the ball with his hand, so to speak. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we got away with one with that penalty shout, didn't we? Some video refs would have given it, which kind of brings us to the point of VAR. Like, I I don't think the technology is the problem. I think it's the people using it. And if they mm -hmm. can't use it properly, we've got a lot of problems. What's your take on VAR as a former player, Guy? I don't really like it, to be fair, because, you know, it's um, it's almost like the humans got the decision to make. We give it to a technology. And then from that, the technology gives us like an image or a point of view. And then it's still a human that's going to judge it. So what's the point sometimes? You know, if you say, OK, it's the offside and the technology is going to say it offside end off, then we don't have to ask the referee. Then, OK, I understand it. But then. If you say, okay, the technology is going to give you a, a video, a different video with a point of view, but in the end, it's still a human that's going to make the decision, then it's the same thing. You will be able to make a mistake. So sometimes it's like we turn, we, we turn it around, you know, it's, it doesn't help us. It helps sometimes, but at some stage, I think it doesn't help us. So would you scrap it or would you retrain people to be better with it? What's the solution, do you think? I think we need to, to train people to be better with it. And then we need, as, as you say, Greg, to have an understanding of why, is the, why we did we take this, uh, this decision for us to understand a little bit more because uh, otherwise it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit unclear for everyone. Mm. I suppose, Greg, we saw the absolute howler between Liverpool and, and Spurs, which is a, a bit of an outlier in terms of so much incompetence. I mean, we've seen so we've seen incompetence here, and then it's way up here. It's unbelievable what happened. Forest have been had their fair share of things go against them. Obviously, at Old Trafford, it went for them yesterday. Uh, have you changed your opinion on VAR at all over the course, of, especially this season? There's been so much going on. I don't think I'll ever change my mind, even if it. I mean, they're talking of it becoming a fully automated system now, aren't they? With offsides. So, mm. like he says. We're taking it to technology and then bringing it back ultimately to a human in a box somewhere deciding still. So that doesn't eradicate the human error side where they trialled it in the World Cup, didn't they, this semi-automatic offside in. Uh, there is the technology there to put a chip in the ball, a chip in the player's socks and, you know, do that. If you're going to introduce a system, make it foolproof like goal line technology, um, they're going to keep getting it wrong. I'll never be a fan of far because for me as a as a supporter as someone who you know sees a ball hit the back of the net I want to cheer and go mad and deep down I'm yeah. thinking just like yesterday oh is that offside or is it going to be pulled back and it's how slow it takes you know you can be five ten seconds after the goal you finish celebrating and then suddenly that horrible purple screen comes up you think oh god so I hate the system I hate the way it's worked behind it. It's almost lazy in the sense that they have, if they're going to do it, be ready to do it fully, go in 100%, get the system right. And they didn't. They rushed it in. It doesn't work. Too many things. We're talking about referees more than we ever have done. Uh, so, yeah, it is here to stay, though. So me saying get rid of it, it's just a pointless mm -hmm. conversation. Make it better. 
Is that a big difference between the viewing experience in the ground, Emily? It's awful, the AR. Watching at home, it's not quite as bad because the commentators will talk. You can check your phone while you wait three minutes or something. But in the ground, it's nightmare. And you can also see the angles that they're probably looking at when you're watching it from home. Whereas in the ground, like Greg said, you've just got that big screen up telling you... um, that they're checking for an offside, they're checking for a handball or whatever. The only thing I'll say is, and I'm not saying I'm pro VAR, it, it is not going anywhere. So we might as well live with it and see how we can improve it. I listened to a really good interview with a former ref yesterday who said refereeing a game live is totally different to being at Stockley Park. And that's the issue. You need to train refs to know how to use the technology and how to interpret the game cold rather than being on the pitch. And I think that is part of the problem. Obviously, the the mistake in the Liverpool-Tottenham game was just ridiculous. But I'm talking about those day-to-day decisions. The referees need properly training in what's offside, what's not offside. And what really irritates me, and this needs to change, is the rules on offside are too complicated now. This so-and-so isn't interfering with play. For me, if you're on the pitch, you're interfering with play. And in the Brentford goal that they scored, one of their players who apparently wasn't interfering with play was blatantly offside. So how are we meant to defend against that? How do we know who who is and who isn't interfering with play? Just if you're offside, you're offside. If you're not offside, you're not offside. That will simplify things so well. Equally, handball, if it touches your hand, if it touches anywhere up to here, it's handball. They're making it too complicated and they are ruining the enjoyment for people in the stands. Because even with the Dominguez goal, I saw it clean. I was sat at that end of the main stand. Yeah, I looked to my side and I said, is there anything wrong with that? And we were like, oh, was a one year off? Was a one year off? And you can't you can't fully celebrate, can you? Yeah. Because yeah. even yeah. when you think you've got, you know, you think you think the goal's in and it's 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 one nil, one one, whatever, suddenly that screen will come up and you go, oh. Yeah, I mean, I I would bet there's not one person the 400 plus people watching who could pl- explain exactly what handball is these days. And I, if yeah. there's a Premier League referee watching this, I would say they can't either because I just don't think anyone really knows, and that's that's a big problem. Uh, lots of love for Guy in the comments, by the way. I should say people are very right. pleased to with us, Guy. Um, I mean, do you have sympathy for refs, Guy? You've been out in the heat of battle. You know how fast and intense games are. Do you understand mm-hmm. that it is a, a tough job for them personally? Yes, for me, I understand that it is a tough job and, you know, there is some tough decision to make. But then, you know, for me, this is life and this is the game. We will make mistakes anyway and we deal with it. Some people will be happy. Some people will be, you know, sad about it. But then with all those decisions with the VARs, you said Greg and uh, Emily is killing the, 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 the passion of the game, the people that come to watch the game and just want to celebrate, you know, and you embrace people and... And then now you cannot fully go and enjoy it because you have to wait. There is a, a penalty check or if there is a, I don't know, an offside check. And it's like, even like, I haven't lived that as a player, but being in a pitch, for example, I was in the stadium uh, at the city ground and I think it was like a penalty, an offside check for five minutes. For me, it lasted like so long. I was like, oh, come on now, let's just, let's, just let, let's, let's do it. Let's play. And I think he's killing the game. And I think that as a referee, you they used to be the boss, I would say. Okay, I make the decision. I can handle to make my own mistake. But now it's almost like you have the technology that come to judge you. And then maybe you would have think that it's an offside. The technology says it's not an offside. And now you have to check 
and make a decision against the technology. So it's like you, the referee, you're supposed to be the one that deal with the game and then to make the right decision, even though you can make mistake. But now either you're going to be challenged by the player, you're going to be challenged by the supporter, you're going to be challenged even by the technology that's going to go against your decision. And I think that's too much for a referee. Hmm. What do you think about the rules around um, waving a fake yellow card gets a yellow card straight away? They really crack down on time wasting this season. Kicking the ball away is an instant yellow card. There's a lot more yellow cards in the game. What do you think about the changes this season? I think it's a it's good, but it's we'd be giving some silly yellow card for people. You know, sometimes I think as a referee, you need to be able to talk with people. It's not so much commanding. I think a, 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 if you check the good um, the good referee, they're almost like managers. They know how to manage the players. They know how to talk to the players to make to pass to pass a message. And I don't think that band be too commanding because sometimes there is emotion. For example, I got uh, sent off when I jump in the crowd. That's for example. I have nothing against the against this, but the the, the referee came to me and he said, you know what? I understand this is a stupid rules, but he started to talk to me in a nice way, you know. I knew that I'm going to get sent off, but that's it. But then sometimes you can avoid certain things. You don't have to be necessarily put a yellow card to someone because it, it may affect the game. And then this guy going to have another yellow card. He's going to be sent off. And now you punish the whole team for no reason. Mm. So sometimes I think it's a little bit dodgy. Um, going back to the game then. Terrible start to the second half. Like we couldn't keep the ball; they were all over us. And I don't think that's the first time that's happened this season where we've been slack coming out of the blocks. Is, is that becoming a bit of a concern for you, Greg? Uh, not really. No, yeah, it was a bad start. It was a slow start. I thought <clears throat> the whole thing was a bit subdued. I know Match of the Day said what a great atmosphere it was yesterday, but I felt like it was a bit of a lazy Sunday afternoon at times and with, with us in the crowd as well. And um, yeah, it was a, a slow start, but we seemed to get away with it for a bit, didn't we? Uh, and we soon came back into it. And I'd, I'd rather look at the, the last 20 minutes of when we're really fighting, showing what we can do there. Mm. Um, but as Cooper said again in his interview, uh, when they said, just give us a give us a review of that game. And he said something like, it's going to take a lot of reviewing. So he'll be on it this week. Every single one of them will be getting a, a very close look at. Just on the crowd, Greg, because I know you're, you know, it's a big thing of yours. Is it a bit down to, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon, two o'clock kickoff. Brentford, you know, they didn't sell out their allocation, I don't think. They're not a massive club. And we're in our second season in the Premier League. The shine has already come off a bit for some fans. Is that something we're going to have to accept this season or not? There's a couple of things in that. Um, Cooper, I think Cooper's a bit like me with Brentford, you know. He couldn't help getting a right good dig in about how they uh, returned a 1,000 tickets so we could uh, take them up. I love that from him. He does it so professionally, but makes sure he gets his uh, point across. But on the crowd, uh, made to my message me last night, actually saying, I told you this second season syndrome setting in. Mm. And I think... Um, Last year was so amazing. Last year was just every single game was so huge that, of course, you're not going to replicate that. And to be honest, our atmosphere is still probably a lot better than, you know, 18 of the home teams out there at the minute. Um, but I don't know what it is. We've had a Friday night game now, haven't we? We've had this game. Um, I think, you know, maybe maybe we need to do a bit more. I think hopefully we're going to, Forza are going to start doing a, 
a few bits and bobs which should uh, start things going a bit better in the future. And um, yeah, it wasn't, you know, I don't think it's something that we should be hammering us for because there was still some very loud noises, but it, it certainly did feel it at times a bit flat. Yeah, I think this is right what Steve-O says in the comments. I, I was really thought this would happen this season. Human nature mm. and expectation changes. Less jeopardy. It doesn't feel touch wood, it doesn't feel like we're in a relegation battle at the moment. And I, I don't I don't think we will be, which is great, but there isn't that jeopardy around it. I don't know what's going on with my lighting, by the way. I look like I'm in a horror movie the way I'm sat at the moment, but I can't really help that. Sorry. Um a couple of other things to touch on, obviously, going all the way back to team selection. It was really interesting the lineup he made. I'll, I'll start with Morgan Gibbs White. Um, to me, I I, I stick, stick to my guns. I think he should have started. Like I said this on Twitter, Arsenal don't leave out Odegaard, Spurs don't leave out Madison, United don't leave out Fernandez, and he's our version of them. Whether he's up to that level or not yet, it's kind of a moot point. He's our attacking creative spark, and I thought we missed him. And I said at half time, I'd get him on. Um, what did you make of the decision, Guy, to, to leave Morgan out? I was quite uh, surprised, to be fair. And uh, and then I think you can see the difference when he's on the pitch and when he's not on the pitch. And he's, uh, he's a little bit the, our magician, I would say. And then you have to accept that sometimes he can make mistakes. But then when you have this type of player, anything can happen. He can create something. And uh, I think maybe that's what we missed in the first half because we didn't have that type of player. So... When you check the the rest of the team, then we have okay our wingers that can that have pace, that can you know um, take the ball and run forward. But then in the heart of the game, in the midfield, we needed this mag magic, I would say, and we missed it. And then soon as he came in, then we can see that it was a little bit different. Mm. I mean, he did provide that creative spark, Emily. I think people would say, oh, he showed that reaction to being rested. He was fired up when he came on. I mean, I've not seen that he's not fired up anyway to be honest and they didn't mm -hmm. 60 minutes rest to me doesn't make any difference to his fitness levels or anything else what's your take on the decision yeah I, I think it was the wrong game to rest him I'd have rested him a week earlier against a Man City type game where we're not expected to win anyway because Cooper's argument after the game was that he, he needed to rest because he's had a busy summer with um, the England under 21s um, and obviously plays more nine times out of ten he plays he starts and finishes a game for us um, and yeah, he made a huge impact when he came on. He he set up the goal, didn't he? He started that move for the goal and we felt like an attacking side when he came on. I'd have probably benched Alanga and kept Morgan Gibbs-White um, from the start, but it's easy for me to say that in hindsight. Having said that, I, I get it. He was a bit of a super sub, wasn't he, yesterday? But we really missed him. As I've said a lot on this programme, he, uh, he's, he's our... He's our centre and everything should be built around him. And that's how that's why Steve Cooper wanted him. That's why we paid so much money for him. And he has moments in a game, moments that no one else can do. He mentioned he's a magician. He is our magician. He comes up with those moments when our backs are against the wall or where we can't find any creativity. He finds that creativity. And yeah, sometimes he doesn't find the simple pass. But for me, he starts every game. And I know there's lots of people out there that will say, well, he did well yesterday because he was benched and because, you know, he was then fired up, ready to come on. He'd have been fired up from minute one. Um, mm. I'm glad he came on. I'm glad he saw out the game. He didn't seem annoyed that he'd been benched. He took it on the chin, didn't he? Um, and he was up there with one of the best performances, actually, in the game. Um, 
But, you know, you've got to respect Cooper. He knows what he's doing, doesn't he? So that was the game he chose to rest him. I just, yeah, well, hindsight's great, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he does see all the, obviously in training, the, the numbers, maybe he's not covering as much ground as he was last season. Maybe he is physically tired and they did feel he needs a rest. I mean, he does divide opinion a little bit in the comments more than I expected this season. I think most people say he should have played, but there's a few like Ashley says he's been very poor overall. I mean, I, I don't believe that. I think he's played fine. If you look at our fixtures, City, United, Arsenal, Chelsea all the way, he's not going to see a ton of the ball. It's these games like Brentford where he would just see more of the ball, Burnley, where I think you judge him a bit more. And I think he will come back into the team now and we'll see uh, a bit of, uh, how it goes. I mean, the midfield was a really good balance, Greg. I thought you know, Dominguez, Sangare, Mangala were excellent. 4-3-3 could be the way to go. I think it's more a question of whether Elanga or Hudson-Odoi drop out. Do you see the makings of a, of a strong team here being developed? I do, but there's still, you know, we're going to see changes every single game, aren't we? Because it's like, you know, if Yates is unfit, then Yates is going to come back into the game. Obviously, Gibbs, I know Gibbs White's more attacking, but he starts after after yesterday. That's a, an obvious thing. And um, yeah, it's just, we're, we're going to be a work in progress, it seems, forever, just because of the, the quality we've got. We're never going to be able to pin down that start in 11 and keep it going. It's going to change as as games come and go. But um, can I just say on Gibbs White as well, because I don't think we mentioned how amazing that tackle was. I knew we'd got the point then. It was mm. just like the Arsenal game last season, the same reaction, how fired he up he is. That wasn't a man who was bothered about being a substitute. That was such a show of passion and just the the perfect time challenge. So um, that's the reason. That's one of many reasons he's, you know, you work a team around him and I'm sure... After this week, you know, he's had a few less minutes. He, he'll be ready to go on Saturday. Yeah. And I think uh, we've said this before, but he's still developing links with players like Elangra and Hudson Adoy. I thought this is a moot point, but yesterday showed how much we missed Brennan Johnson. Uh, you know, I think he would have opened them up and created and possibly got a goal. But then without Brennan going, we don't have Sangare and maybe not Dominguez and a few others. So he, it was always going to be a give and take. Um, Guy's got to go in about 10 minutes. I'm going to throw, throw a few things at him before we go. I want to ask you about Sangare, Guy. You were in his position, at a French speaker who doesn't speak much English, coming to a new league in a new country. Obviously, Championship versus Premier League, but there's similarities there. He's mm. had a couple of slow games, but I thought he was really good yesterday. Do you kind of appreciate and respect the challenges he's faced, even if he is an elite footballer? It's difficult coming to a new league still. Yeah, it's always difficult to come to a new league, but he's got a big experience. He's a really talented player. You know, a lot of team were looking um, after him. And uh, I think yesterday he had a good, a great game. I haven't seen him much before that game, to be honest. But uh, I think yesterday he had a good game. And uh, I, I really like also Mangala. I think the combination between both of them could be really nice. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it's funny because for me to free up a little big um, gigs, I think we should have maybe two seater midfielder because it reminds me a little bit when we have Reddy or when we have, for example, Luis McGugan. They were players a little bit uh, going forward with a little bit uh, to have a little creativity. And for for example, those season when Luis, Luis McGugan was flying up, I remember in the changing room we were, think, we were think, sing, saying with uh, Paul McKenna was sitting sitting midfielder with Paul McKenna and sometimes with Chrissy Cohen, and we say to Luis, "Don't worry." Just do your attacking bits and we're going to defend for you and give you the ball. 
So just release a little bit of pressure because he's going to make mistakes. But if he knows that people want, as you say, Greg, people need to work for him, I would say. We accept that this is our magician. So take the ball, make some, make us play, and then we will be there to defend for you and give you the, the, the key, I would say. Then I will free up a little bit his mind and he will be more creative. But then... Uh, because sometimes Sangera was thinking that he was a little bit more higher, but didn't see him really in front of the back four. And I think uh, maybe maybe it could be a good, a really good asset because he seems to be physique and he seems to hold the ball well and stuff like that. But I think we have to find the right combination to free up gigs. And I think it could be um, if he play in front of the back four with uh, maybe uh, Yeti or someone else, that could be a... Uh, good for the for 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 the for for gigs also also yeah he did play a bit more advanced i think deliberately this game was Raddy mm. there with you yesterday yeah, yeah he was there yeah good memories righty <laughs> yeah lewis is always on this show he's a regular guest as well so but yeah 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 he's really good talk about football he really understands okay. the game mm. yeah <laughs> does that surprise you was he was he a bit no, quiet when he was sorry, but you know Lewis sometimes is uh you never seen him so when he told me that he's coming I was a little bit it's good he's good and uh he's got a good knowledge a good vision of football so I would like to uh next time I'm gonna watch him talk a little bit yeah yeah he's really interesting he's really good um we touched on Toffolo's impact as well um the subs gi they did really change the game didn't they those, yeah. those two Toffolo deserves a lot of credit yeah yeah I think they make a, a, big, a big, and then the enthusiasm and the energy that they put when they come in, it's like, it's just brilliant. For example, I remember also Giggs when he, he lost the ball, something like that, and he came back for a great tackle in the box. And then, you know, he, and then he stood up and, you know, with all the rage and stuff like that, I loved it, you know. So you can see that. And then it's good to see that, to see that some people have some frustration to be in the bench. For me, if you're in the team and, and you're in the bench, I don't like, and then you're happy about it. I don't like it. You can be gentle in the way that you don't want to be against your partner that in the starting eleven, but you need to show me some anger to show me that okay, if I come, I come, I come in, then I show that I wanted to be in the starting eleven. And this is what we saw on those two players and the energy that they bring into the team. I think they pass it on to all those those other players, and then we had the result. Mm. Um, and Emily, I want to ask you quickly. I mean. Is 4-3-3 the way to go now at home, you think? I know he likes 4-2-3-1 and he likes three at the back, but that, th that trio of Sangare, Mangala, and full credit to Mangala, I thought he had a really good game, uh, and Dominguez, it, it provides a good balance. And um, Ryan, look at my lighting, oh my God. Ryan Yates um, <laughs> is, you know, he's going to have a battle to get back in and we'll come on to Andre Santos a bit before the end as well. But there's so much options in midfield now, isn't there? I thought our midfield trio had a great game yesterday. Um, Sangari got slagged off the first couple of appearances, but he did well. Dominguez, we've talked about. And yeah, I thought Mangala was just really steady. And he's always so calm on the ball, isn't he? Um, yeah, I would say that is the formation we're looking at for home games. I was just a little bit perplexed with the selection, but I guess that was down to injuries um, personnel not available. I was disappointed not to see Yates in the squad, but we've since found out that he's carrying an injury. And which is why he wasn't there. And also, for the first time in a while, we didn't have any of our um, homegrown Nottingham lads feature at all yesterday. I was disappointed not to see Worrell, but I guess it wasn't really the game for him. And Murillo, we haven't really talked about him, have we? He had a really good debut. When he, first few minutes, 
was a bit worried because he seemed very nervous and he wasn't quite sure and he was a bit, oh, but he really grew into the game. And you know, when our backs were against the wall at the end, he had that clearance off the line. He's strong, he's aggressive. So we've got yet another really decent central defender in there. And I thought Bolly had a great game. Yeah. Um, Aurier stepped up as captain really well. He seemed to control his part of the field. Um, it was just, and I didn't think I'd say this, it was Hudson Adoy and Alanga and Awanyi that just weren't finding that that killer ball. But I guess maybe that was because Gibbs White wasn't on. And then obviously both the attacking wingers had to had to come off when the Akate got sent off. Um, but yeah, I just thought that midfield, yeah, I, I mean, how is Yates going to get back in? Because for me, Mangala, Sangare and Dominguez all earned their shirts yesterday. They all earned their place for Crystal Palace away. Mm, we should talk about Murillo. I thought he was really good. Uh, mm. Like you said, Emily, they noted it on Sky. He kept giving the ball away early on and looked nervous, but he settled into the game really well. And I thought really? Bolly was man of the match for the way he played after the red card. Some brilliant blocks. What did and you make of Murillo? I was going to say it was one of those moments as well. You know, when we talk about a less experienced centre-back next to someone with experience, you could see Bolly was almost the big brother and he was helping Murillo through, wasn't he? And you could see them both grow. But for me, Bolly was just this man mountain at the back. Nothing went through him. He was mm. brilliant. And I agree with you. For me, it was between... Well, yeah, yeah, he was probably my man of the match, actually. Uh, Murillo now, Greg, do you think we might see it like with Danilo where he's in and out or because he's a centre-half, he might need that rhythm of games and we might see him playing you know, pretty much every game now, do you think? Yeah, after performance like that, <clears throat> sorry, he plays, uh, he's what, 22? 21. I was reading before he came on about, I don't mean to sound like a Brentford fan, but you know his pass completion rate was 83% and his stats were looking really good. So um, he just... He looks like there's a making of a, a top, top quality Premier League defender. One that, you know, I hope in a couple of years' time, some of the top four are, are paying for him and wanting him. So uh, I think we'll have an exciting couple of years, at least, of a player of his quality, which again, our scouting network has found, because we didn't really, we for years we haven't looked in that direction. And suddenly we're finding these absolute gems come through. Uh, I'm excited for him. And I do think, you know, your players like Worrell and they are going to get chances just because of injuries and things coming up. So they're going to be ready to go. But the Bolly Murillo thing looked very good yesterday. Yeah, I think um, I, I think Worrell's going to struggle to get back in because Murillo, Worrell's the passer. And that's why I would have had him ahead of Bolly in some games. But if Bolly has got someone alongside like Murillo who can pass the ball like that and Bolly defends like he does, that's a good pairing for me. So I think McKenna, Warhol, players like that have got a battle on their hands now. What do you make of Murillo Gee as a young man? I mean, I'd never seen him play before. I thought he was really good. Yeah, it's the first time I've seen him playing. And as you say, maybe Sky Sport would have said, give the balls away. But what I like is the composure that he's looking for. It's mm -hmm. easy to come in a game and then have the ball and kick it forward. But he tried to find the right angle, the right passes to help us. We play at home. We want to have the ball. And you can see that it was really calm and tried to find the right ball to help us to build up from the back. And I think that was a, that was a really that was really good. So I was quite impressed because he's really young, he's 21 years old. But I think his composure, the way he wants to, to play forward with the right passes and try to not just to kick the ball because there is pressure. Because it's easy when you're young to come in a team like this. You play in Premier League, your first game. Oh, no, there is too much pressure. Kick the ball forward. And then everybody's going to clap and say, hey, it's good. Don't take any any risk. 
No, it does take risk, but the good risk to be able to play and have the ball because we play at the city ground, so we're not away from home, so we we must have the ball, and he tried to do that. So I was I was really impressed, to be fair. Um, you've got business to attend to, Guy, in two minutes. We're going to let you go. Before we do, just give us your take on where we are as a club. I mean, last time you were on here, we were a Championship club who were pretty average. Now we're a Premier League club. We're a mid-table Premier yeah. League club as it stands. How are you feeling about the direction of everything at Forest at the moment? I think it's really great. You know, last season, I think it was a lot of players and it was a, the 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 50-50. What, are we going to stay in the Premier League or go back to the to the Championship? Because with all the signing that we made, if we would have gone down, it would be maybe problematic financially. And uh, I think now we take another step, which is really great. And then, as you said, when I look at the team, when I look at in midfield, the players that haven't played, I wasn't in the starting eleven yet. You can see Kuyate still have a lot of experience. Uh, Giggs, what that wasn't in the starting eleven, but even in a centre back, Felipe wasn't there. Danilo wasn't there. The the the, the Brazilian, I don't know if he's injured or not, but Felipe is a great, it's a great defender from from last season. And even Nyakate, he played a little bit on the left, but as a centre back last season was brilliant also. And then you have Joe Raul. So, I mean, like we have a good squad, a really good squad, you know. So, and then you mentioned a point earlier, and I think that was that would be potentially the way that we're going to find the next step is finding our starting eleven, Because from what I think about football, if you don't have a real starting eleven, it will be really hard to build up and then know what you're going to do next. Because if every time you have a new team, then how are you going to prepare the next season? Because normally you're supposed to adapt and bring one or two more players. But then we need to finally stick to, and then that's the job of, of, of Steve, but it will take with time. But to have a clear uh, view of why is our starting eleven, and then when we will have that, because now it's easy to change a little bit because you're able to please every single player. But the minute, but to in order to improve, if you say all the top teams, they have a base of a starting eleven. But then when we're gonna get that, this is where also we're gonna see the management side of, of Steve Hooper because having to manage those good players that won't be able to make it in the starting eleven or make, even even not making it into the bench then there's going to be another work to do in the in a in a in a, in a training ground mm, excellent so, excellent right we we've got to let you go all positive and uh honestly we, it's, it's brilliant to see the club here and you know sometimes i talk even uh when i'm in france and then no nottingham forest is such a big club so now even when we play against bradford it's like yeah bradford it's, it's, it's like with all humility you can't compare nottingham forest with bradford so when you check all those teams in Premier League, we like we easily in the top ten of the you know the, the, the big teams out there, you know. So hopefully in the next few years uh, that will happen. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. Right. I know you've got work to do uh, in yeah. your day job. So thanks very much for joining us. I'm going to um, remove you from the studio, but it's been great to have you with us. Any Thank final message to Forest fans? Thank you all for the to to keep supporting Forest and uh, for the loyalty and thanks also for the support that you gave me and uh, now I'm part of the family so thank you all and uh, I'll see you soon at the City Run again yep we'll see you soon thanks very much Guy thanks for joining us bye bye see you mate
Right. Uh, don't <clears> disappear <throat> on us, everyone. There's still 500 of you with us, and we've still got a few bits to talk about as I readjust the background for three people. Uh, do, as I said, I'll put the thing up for subscribe again. Do like and subscribe. It does really help us and uh, all iTunes research. And vote for us in the Football Content Awards, um, footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting. Any help would be very much appreciated there. It's interesting, Emily, what Guy was saying, I mean, about, the, the defensive options as well. He does need to settle on a back three or back two or back four or whatever, but Niakate's, you might struggle to get back in, even which sounds mad to say. Felipe's still in the waiting in the wings. Big choices for the manager to make, aren't they? They really are, especially after Murillo's debut yesterday, because you wouldn't have expected him to have such a good debut, which he did. And Bolly's Bolly's earned his place, hasn't he? Is Felipe still injured or is he back? He's back in training now. I well, think, he's, he? yeah, he's in training, but he's not fit enough. Yeah, to, um, yeah there's there's some options there. A headache for Steve Cooper, but it's a headache we'd like. I, I, I was thinking yesterday, I forgot to mention it actually earlier, that we've got the strongest squad we have ever had. You look at our starting 11 yesterday. You know, we couldn't have dreamed of that even at the beginning of last season. Some of those players that we've got in and the quality on the ball, the we haven't really talked about Dominguez's quality, have we? His range of passing yesterday, his calmness on the ball, that pinpoint header for the goal. Have we, I don't know if we talked about the goal. We've not really talked about the goal. And, you know, we've got all these players now and Steve Cooper's got a squad that he can actually rotate I've always felt jealous of, of the so-called top six who have a squad whereby their subs are as good as their starting 11. And we're starting to find that actually now. And there will be injuries. It's a long old season. Um, so I, I think we're in a really good position. And, you know, look at where we are in the table. Yes, we, we've, we've dropped points where maybe we could have won. But I think he's got a really good squad that's starting to tick and they're still getting to know each other. Remember this time last season when there was a whole squad of new new players who couldn't quite find their form and then look how it ended. Um, and we're already so much better off than we were last year, aren't we? We're not shipping in the goals like we were. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm feeling quite positive, actually. Really positive. Yeah, and I think... We, we lacked cohesion in the final third in the first half yesterday because there's so many new players still. Elanga and Hudson-Odoi are, are new. You've got to get work out what runs they're going to make. I, I still would have Elanga off the bench personally because I think he's better as an impact sub. But, you know, he's certainly shown he's a quality addition. Uh, I should put this up on the screen from Christian. If you're watching on YouTube, I didn't know how to do this. Uh, close the chat on your phone and then click like and then open the chat again which is not great from YouTube, but apparently that's what you have to do. So, yeah, that would be appreciated if you can do. Um, I want to talk about Andre Santos briefly. Fabrizio Romano, or Andre Santos' agent, tweeted last night that he didn't play again. Uh, and it's obviously, you know, they're not happy. I don't know if the player's unhappy, but his camp aren't happy. I don't think it's a great look, really, to be tweeting that kind of stuff out. Where do you stand on it, Greg? I mean, who's he going to play instead of? I'm sure he's talented, but where's he fit in at the moment? We just we need uh, we need the FA Cup to come along, don't we? So we can get some of these players some game time. Um, I don't know whether it's true. I read that he'd uh, he'd walked down the tunnel after eighty minutes as well. So whether it's yeah, I think sometimes or... I do think that happens sometimes. <clears throat> I wouldn't tear strips of him necessarily. I didn't see how he walked down the tunnel. If he throws his water yeah, bottle and storms well, yeah. down the tunnel, it might be different. I was I was sat really close to the tunnel, and quite a few of them were bobbing up and down through the tunnel. I saw him go off. It wasn't in a strap. I think maybe no. that's 
trying to make more of that than it is. Maybe trying to over egg the pudding slightly. He just walked down, but Toff was seen walking to and from in the first half. So I don't think that's. I don't think you can read too much into that. But well, then, um, Greg, how's he going to get in? Where are you going to play oh, him? Well, that's the point, actually. Richard's just said, you know, we've got these uh, Forest B games coming up, haven't we? You know, that might be a an angle for him. But uh, I'm not sure. I mean, Chelsea, is it? Yeah, it's Chelsea. They're not going to be happy if he's not getting game time, obviously. Mm. Uh, but the, the loan can be cancelled. <laughs> you know, if that's the case, then I'm sure that will happen. And I just... I don't feel like, as sad as it is, like it's a huge concern for us whether we give a lone player playing time. That shouldn't yeah. be our... If he's good enough, he plays, and it's as simple as that. Um, and at the minute, obviously, there's players in his position doing a, a better job that, well, we just don't know, do we? Because we haven't seen him. But, you know, getting playing at this Carlisle game and the other one coming up at Crinton, is it? And then and go from there, really. It's a, it's a tough one, but it shouldn't be one that we feel like we've got to fit in. Yeah. I think it's unfortunate timing for him as well, because he was signed in the transfer window before we got the likes of Dominguez and Sangare. And unfortunately, he's going to play second fiddle to them for the way that they're playing at the moment. And like you say, Greg, it, it is a Chelsea problem. It's not a Forest problem. Yeah. If they're not happy with it, send him back, because there is no one at the moment that he takes the place of, certainly in the starting lineup. Um, And yeah, maybe it is a cup run that we need um, to get him to get him to feature because we, we obviously haven't seen him but it, it unfortunately this is the premier league we can't we can't play players just to keep chelsea happy or chelsea yeah. fans happy. i can see why he's frustrated because 19 year olds who've been the best player in every team they've ever played in probably are going to be frustrated and he is really talented he does have to bide his time and paul makes a good point here if Dominguez is out, which he could be, and Yates is out and Danilo's out, then he probably is next man up alongside Sangare and um, and Mangala. I'd put him in ahead of Kriate to start again. So he's going to get his chance. I mean, maybe the lesson is bide your time and keep your mouth shut. And it's not him saying it. I think it's his agent, just to be clear. I'm not saying he's a bad egg or anything, but yeah, just get your head down and crack on with it. Like Toffolo is a perfect example. You know, brilliant pro, fair play to him. And he might get his chance now at Palace. He's never let us down. That's one thing that you'd say about Toffolo is I've never come away and thought he's had a shocker there. So if players have that attitude, then they'll probably probably get a go. Um, right. I think any other business, because we've been going for 52 minutes. Uh, anything from you, Greg, before we go? Well done on the boat trip, by the way. Oh, cheers. Um, oh, I just want to say about Guy Moosey. I love him. He's such a great um, ambassador for Forest. Someone who... You know, he could have finished his career with Forrest, gone back to France, and we never hear of him again. And I love it that he, he comes to games. He always follows us. He's He's got a love for this club. And I love it that, that that generation of players, you know, they clearly do have that. So I hope he comes on a lot more because I love listening to him. Um, and then just on the boats yesterday, I had... Um, oh, his name was Johan or, or John in English. He came over from Liechtenstein, Austrian who lives over there. Uh, been following Forest since the eighties. Doesn't really. It doesn't seem like he really knew many Forest fans. He just comes over and he was telling us about at Wembley. Ten minutes into the game, he still hadn't managed to get a ticket. Uh, managed to get one in the Huddersfield end. Had to quickly change all his gear. And he's been coming over all these years and just like finding a ticket here and there. And he was a great guy. So uh, just really good to meet him and. Molding everyone on the boats. I think we made a bit of a racket and it was a, a good pre-match as ever. So um, probably same time next year. 
Yeah, well done, well done. Emily, anything from you before we go? Just um, nice to meet lots of people that listened to the podcast yesterday. Um, and in particular, little Ted, it was his first game yesterday. His dad and his granddad are big podcast fans. So I said I would say hello to them. I really hope he enjoyed his first game because he was looking a little bit nervous going in. Um, but it was really, really nice to meet them. I didn't catch the dad and granddad's name, but I know the little lad was called Ted and he was four. Cool. I remember your first game, like you walk in and everything looks so massive, doesn't it? He was just a bit like rubbing the headlights. He was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fair play to him. Not the greatest game to go to, but I'm sure I remember it for forever. My game, first game was a nil-nil draw. First football game. The first, first Forest game was a, a win at West Brom, but my granddad took me to watch Shrewsbury. Uh, that's where my I grew first up. game was a nil-nil midweek, West Ham in the 80s, rain, terrible, terrible game. And my dad was devastated because obviously you have to pay to take your kids when apparently at the end I went up and went, oh, that was amazing. When can we go again? And I've not looked back since. So. Go on, Greg. What's your first game, Greg? Wembley. Uh, Zenith Data System Cup. We won <laughs> beat Southampton. So I think my dad said that it was always going to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, these kids now, God, I sound old, don't I? saying that. These kids now, we were, first well. games were in the Premier League. Yeah. It's all going right. Touch wood, it carries on. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting people putting theirs in the comments. 1975 for Derek. Uh, 1986 for Toby. Uh, 1963. Pat's a regular viewer. I can't see how old he is from that pick. He must have been a youth then, Pat. Um, right. A couple of quick bits from me. Um, good luck to Lee Wood. I'll probably say this on Thursday, but I might forget. He's, got, he's fighting Josh Warrington. On Saturday, obviously you won't be going, will you, Greg? I know you watch a lot of his. No, it's a, it's a real one. The, the Palace game got moved. It would have been a struggle to get to it anyway. But that is going to be one hell of a night in Sheffield. It really is, mm. uh, and I, I think he's got a massive chance. And you know he deserves it. He's had many years where he couldn't get his chance, and he's finally getting it. Just like Froch, really later in his career. But he is he is going to beat him, and it'll be a brilliant night for Nottingham. Uh, oh, it's good to see loads of people putting their first games in. That's, that's a lie from Steve. He was going in the 60s, probably. <laughs> I know that's your mate. I put that up. He was really negative about Sangari on Twitter as well. He you want to try sitting with him? around 40 yards. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was really good. Yeah, you have to sit next to him every game. Yeah. Oh, there's lots of lots of people putting their games in, which is really good to see. Uh, like I said, vote for us in the Football Content Awards, Best Premier League Podcast, uh, Best Premier League Content Creator, footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting. Uh, you got us there. So if you can help us out, again, that'd be really good. And I did watch a good film last night, uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead on Netflix with Angelina Jolie. It's basically a remake of Cliffhanger with Sylvester Sloan, except with uh, fires in the forest. So if you like 90-minute mindless action films, uh, and Angelina Jolie, then it's uh, pretty good. So there's my recommendation for the week. Right, uh, I think we shall leave it there. Thanks very much to everyone who's watched along. We'll be back later in the week with the match preview, and then again uh, next week heading in. It is the last game for an international break, isn't it? God, that's come round quick. I know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah we've got... Because then it's Luton, isn't it, at home? I'm sure it is. Uh, uh, yeah. Will you be uh, wildcarding in the fan, in the international break, Greg, as is popular in the FL community, as our guru now? Do I uh, get an assist, by the way, for Gibbs White assisting the assister? No. <laughs> <laughs> what a move by me, though, Captain Trippier. You know, I, I think I've got something now. You can't say it yourself. I'm I was going to say, yeah, well done for Captain Trippier over Harland. I should have gone Calvin Morris, but I bottled it, but I do have him. He's going to save my save my week 
with Issa Kabore against Burnley on Tuesday. I'll, do, I'll be very invested, weirdly, in Luton v Burnley. Right, we must go. Uh, Emily, thank you very much. Thank you. Greg, thank you very much. Yeah, cheers. Enjoyed that. And uh, thanks to Guy. If there's people who's joined us late in the last 10 minutes or so, Guy Moosey was with us, so go back and check it out. In the meantime, have a good few days, everyone, and we shall see you soon.